Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the in and after show. Glad to be back. We had like a two week break. I was in New York and then, well, James has been recovering. From not feeling good. Not feeling great. So we just took an extra week off because he wasn't, he wasn't feeling it. So um, we're back. Um, also important note uh, about New York. Um, so I was there, Anime NYC, which um, if you've been paying attention to the news, there was a variant outbreak for COVID there. Now, everyone at Anime NYC was required to have at least one shot for the vaccination if they were, you know, above the age to attend and had to wear masks indoors all the time. As far as I know, everyone was really compliant. They had like a bracelet system, all of that, but stuff still happens. And one attendee had the new variant there and hung out with friends and half of those friends have come down with COVID, although it's not known for sure whether it's the same variant. So be safe if you were at that event like I was. They are asking everyone to get tested to make sure that uh, you did not contract COVID. Even if you are fully vaccinated, you may be asymptomatic. You may have already had it and gotten over it. Right now, at least it looks like for vaccinated folks, the symptoms are pretty mild and you just quarantine and recover and there haven't been any long existing issues, but there's still a lot of a new information coming out about this variant because it's new. So get yep. tested if you're at Anime NYC. Do the safe thing for yourself, for your family, for your community. It's very important. And uh, make sure it. to do the uh, do the PCR test. It takes a little longer, but it's uh, a lot more accurate. And trust me, you want those results because uh, that'll tell you what you need to do to keep other people safe. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's gonna you know there's different requirements depending on what state or region or. Or whatnot you're in, but people at that con are flying in from all over the place. Um, and New York is just, you know, a big hub anyway. There's lots of people coming and going. So it's just important that uh, you're responsible for your health and the health of your community. So uh, yep. with that said, I guess I'll talk about Anime NYC just a little bit. I mean, this news didn't come out until about two weeks after I was, the event itself was over, but um, I had a lot of fun. I got yeah. to see a lot of my, a lot of my friends. Um, it was very, very busy. People were very excited to be there. All the panel rooms I went to were full. There was not, not an empty seat anywhere. Um, even in the panels that you might think, oh, you know, this one's going to be pretty chill. It's not going to be as like, people aren't going to be as gung-ho to get this, this one as they are the Demon Slayer panel or, you know, the new premiere. Nope. Those were full too. Everything was, everything was full. It was very busy. So. That's good. Um, I mean, you know, as, as long as people are again, being safe and, and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, it just shows that people are really excited to kind of get back to fandom, I think. But again, we have to keep taking precautions and until we get news that this thing is is squashed. So I mean, it's um, like it's going to take another two years, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, that's what I hate is that we don't know, right? Yeah. But yeah, it was a fun show. Uh, the staff were great. There was a lot of fun things to do. And oh, are you both of you guys safe? I was worried about the Omicron report at Anime NYC. Uh, thank you for asking. Yes, I am safe. I have not had any symptoms, any kind of illness. James himself was not at this convention. So, no, um, I, I have been sick, but I'm getting better. So, yeah, he's getting uh, better. I, I'm living proof that, uh, again, if you're vaccinated and you're, you're staying up to date on all that stuff, then um, it's a lot less bad than I've heard it could be. So, 
but thank yes. you for asking. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Thank you for asking. Um, so yeah, we're both fine. All of the people that I have been in contact with that I've talked to uh, have been good. They got tested. They were negative and haven't had any symptoms either. So here's hoping that because of the very high population in there of vaccinated folks abiding by mask guidelines, that this won't be a huge spreader sort of situation. You know, yeah. news is still out. It'll take a little while to kind of see what the full effects of this was. But uh, yes, thank you for asking. Uh, for our anime news today, uh, I thought we would watch a trailer. It'll be muted, but if you go over to Anime News Network, it's at the top of our news feed right now because it was just announced. There's a movie that's going to be coming to Netflix in April. So we've got a little bit of a wait called Bubble, and it's got some pretty high high tier staff working on it. Um, the writer is Gen Urobuchi, who you might the know man. from <laughs> The Man, The Booch. You might know him from Madoka Magica. Oh gosh, Thunderbolt Fantasy. Thunderbolt Fantasy, if you yeah. like them puppets, okay. Um, he's just worked on a lot of really, really great projects. And this is his newest one, it seems like, other than, you know, Thunderbolt Fantasy. He also wrote a Common Writer season that was all about fruit, which... Isn't, I, he, isn't he writing the new Madoka anime? It's an anime. It's a movie, right? It's a, like a... That's a true, yeah. There's, to Rebellion? Yeah, this, we're, like ten, we're like 10 years post-Rebellion at this point. On I mean, Rebellion, let's not put a number just... on it. We don't got to talk years. That's, <laughs> we don't got to talk been, years. It's been a bit. <laughs> it's been a while. And then, you know, they released like a teaser for an event um, that showed like uh, Madoka in a ballerina outfit. And if you've seen the Rebellion film, it does kind of end on a cliffhanger where, you know, the status quo is definitely upended. So I'll be watching that movie as soon as it's, you know, available. But in the meantime, yeah, Gen's been working on Thunderbolt Fantasy, and he had a original net anime that had some mecha in it called Obsolete that I admittedly did not watch. Um, but this is his oh, new I movie. It's, that doesn't even ring a bell. So. <laughs> this is his new movie. It's directed by Tetsuro Araki, who you might know from uh, Kabaneri. Is it in on the Iron Fortress? Oh, it was Iron like Fortress? Attack on Titan, but trains. There were trains. Yeah, train um, zombies. That's your rock. <laughs> And Guilty Crown, and he's directed a bunch of other stuff. And the original character designs is by, oh gosh, I always mix up their first names. It's I think it's Takeshi Oba, or it's Obata. Is it, we got lost, we got lost beef in the chat. He can, he can tell us. He's yeah, all, hey, he's Nick, that, uh... who's, who's, the, who's the artist for Death Note, not the writer? Can you can you let us know on that? I'll wait for him to, to chime in. Takeshi Obata. Okay, cool. and I think the other one is like... Subaki Oda. Sure. I'm sorry. I'm really bad. I don't have it in front of me. I usually have my notes in front of me for this. But anyway, so I think this looks really cool. Um, Wit Studios animating. You might know them from the currently awesome anime Ranking of Kings and early seasons of Attack on Titan and a lot of other stuff. Oh, Sugumi Oba. Thank you, Nick. See, this is this is why I hire staff. It's kind so of messed that, up that uh, they both have such similar names. I'm going to go ahead and say it, that was a on there. It part. is. So this is muted because I'm just sharing my screen. Um, like I said, go to AnimeNewsNetwork.com, top the news feed if you'd want like to watch this with sound, but this will at least give you the visuals. So that day, bubbles rained on Tokyo. Not bubbles. Now, I'll admit, like the music for this was actually a little off-putting to me at first, but they've got uh, Hiroyuki Sawano, who's done a lot of really great music too, also working on this. But yeah, it's... These bubbles kind of just look like marbles. Okay. Sort of like nature reclaiming post-apocalyptic, but humans are still there. 
that bubble sakuga. I'm sure there's someone out there who's like stoked about bubble, bubble. really into bubble sakuga. Yeah. They went to art school to learn how to, to yeah. do bubbles just right. Oh, see, they, they would have told me the name if I would have just shut up long enough and played the trailer, because let's tell you it. But here we go. Parkour. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. But yeah, I, I think that red and white is Tokyo Tower, so it's like kind of decimated too. Yeah. A lot of colorful explosions, backflips, you know, some very colorful character design. That just looks so pretty though. Yeah. So pretty. Gravity is broken. Leap as you like. I bet this is about parkour. I bet this is parkour the anime. I like, like that the the color palette kind of has that uh, that sort of rainbow uh, vibe that you get like when you're looking at a soap bubble. Like all yeah. the colors kind of reflect that. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, the last time I remember something kind of looking like having that sort of color aesthetic, it was um, Beyond the Boundary, which was a Kyoto animation thing. But they they had some of that because there was all these force field type stuff. I am sure oh I've God. seen an episode of that, but it is um, drawn a blank. Yeah, been a little while since you've uh, seen that one. Okay. Probably. Yeah, I think the, I, I I think the last Kyoto animation it. thing I saw was was an episode of. Uh, I tried the first episode of Sound Euphonium. Okay. Source <laughs> <laughs> you got. Yeah, I, I, mean, not, not, I didn't. I didn't dislike it. It's just there's so much. It just felt daunting. It was one of those things. Yeah. Where, I didn't know if I was emotionally ready to commit. Plus, I've been uh -huh. hearing all sorts of things about how, like, the two girls are kind of shipped together, but then, like, the show doesn't ever really commit to that, and that's a bummer. Um, I think it's kind of, yeah, it's been accused of Yuri baiting, but if you liked it, or at least the aesthetic of it somewhat, uh, one of the main staff members of that, uh, Naoko Yamada, went on to do the Heiki, which... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up. Yeah, so. that's a show I also need to catch up on. That's one where I, I was intellectually not not ready to to pinch that show. Same. I think I'll probably like read a bunch of Wikipedia articles and then watch it. Yeah, which I was is, say, we had yeah. Rebecca review that, right? I'm just gonna have her reviews yeah. open on like another tab, and I'm gonna use them as like a reading guide. I know. Like, like She's my so spark good notes. for anything like really historical based. I actually want to ask her to write something about Demon Slayer. Yeah, because um, it's you know about the red light district and during a particular time period. Yeah, so for Animated Day, speaking of Demon Slayer, we will be talking about the premiere of the new Demon Slayer arc, Entertainment District arc. Um, a lot of us have been waiting for that because we already saw the movie, you know, a while ago and they recut it into seven episodes and then there was a break there for a baseball game or something where there was, oh, so it was like one, no, no, that was a different no, show. The baseball game happened like right in the middle. That was like uh, oh, did it? four okay. or five or something. Okay, yeah. yeah. I, I also remember it was like kind of an extra episode because they had a prequel Rengoku episode, yeah, right? When yeah, it first started, was, which wasn't was like in the all film. of the new stuff was, yeah. Yeah. So we're gonna be talking about that. We're gonna be talking about Raking of Kings, of course, but I think the first thing I want to talk about is new JoJo dropped on Netflix. Now James only got to watch one episode and I've only watched the first five. I'm not familiar with the manga, so this is like very spoiler light if you haven't watched um haven't watched all of it yet. You know, I don't really feel like JoJo's is the show to watch for uh, binge watching. You know, it's like so weird. I feel like if you like suck it all in at once, it's just kind of confounding. That's kind of what happened. So I've read the, um, I've read the first two, I don't know, you call them arcs of the manga. I read yeah. um, the, the original one. And then what's the second one called? Uh, Battle Tendency. And yeah. then I got like, I probably got like a, third of the way through Stardust because uh, that's where they start introducing all the stands and stuff. 
Um, mm -hmm. And I got like a decent ways into that. There were lots of stands. And for me, it was definitely a case of I, uh, I, I binged, I, I binge read the manga so quickly that I, I got a little um, like muddled done in there. With, 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 I mean, the it, it has such like a pro wrestling format as far as yeah. just like the way the battles go. And uh -huh. after a while, I got so used to the formula of how it was written that um, I just wasn't finding it to be super exciting. But I always figured mm -hmm. that at the very least with the anime. Um, the, the the visuals just like the the pop and the color and the way that they translate um the artwork into animation i always figured that that would make maybe for a more dynamic experience there weren't yeah. any fights or anything in the episode i saw but from what i've heard uh this is one hell of a season yeah so i'll be absolutely honest like i did not finish the previous season of this like i watched like it like i think it's like 39 ish episodes and I stopped like with four left. And I don't know if that's because I'm one of those people who like notoriously will like play a JRPG and then get to right before the final boss and then just stop. Me too. <laughs> you do that too. I'm exactly like that. Yeah. I've been, okay. I've been in like the final, like five hour stretch of Final Fantasy X for two and a half years. Oh, really? I feel yeah. like Final Fantasy X might be one of the few that I actually beat. And I have beat final fantasy 7 but like all the other ones somewhere in that maybe i beat final fantasy 9 but it would be back like when it was first released so i, I beat them eventually i just i uh, kind of like with jojo's i think a lot of times it happens to me especially with turn-based jrpgs i get a little bored with the battle system once i've yeah. like mastered it and once mm -hmm. everything becomes fairly easy and mm -hmm. you know whenever you get to like the final grind of, of a jrpg where you're just kind of powering through that last dungeon or whatever i just lose interest a little bit and with my adhd the minute my brain decides something is boring uh i have to like exert genuine effort just to like stick with it and so yeah. um I've been getting better with it over the years, but yeah, I have quite quite the backlog of like seventy five percent. I think I got through ninety percent of uh, Tales of Vesperia. Okay, yeah, the really popular one that got a remake back a while back. And same okay. thing. I just never beat it. Yeah, I think I beat Symphony. Anyway, but so for JoJo though, in the case of JoJo, um, yeah, I tend to fall off a little bit also because uh, the scripting can be very like. Uh, explain like very exposition heavy as far as like explaining what's happening or explaining to you uh, like why the enemy did a certain thing so, so you know how mm -hmm. clever they are kind of stuff uh, yeah. and like so that part I kind of have to just sort of put up with like it's kind of funny in that it's very reminiscent of like old Batman stuff where it's like oh the Joker he's doing this he must have bought that da -da -da -da. it's just I kind of it almost feels like talking down to the audience a little bit. Yeah, like I understand yeah. the the demographic for the show or the original manga anyway, and that that's you know not unusual for the time period that this came out and for the demographic for the magazine it runs in. Because um, I still see other like shonen properties still do it today. Um, you see it in My Hero Academia sometimes even a little bit too. So for me, as maybe a, an older as a mom, I don't know. It's just sort of like no, I I understand like why or also figure out a way to animate that instead of just telling me it um well no i agree and i think for me the problem is also uh and this is a word that i'm probably going to use a lot but a lot of it comes down to, to the pacing of the fights where what mm -hmm. happens is you get like to me a lot of times it feels like it's being written or presented in the wrong order where you get the cool move or the creative like twist 
Yeah. And then it has to get explained to you after it's already happened because everything is so bizarre that there's no way to possibly comprehend or predict or anticipate what's happening without the narration. And so yeah. there's not there's not a lot of like drama for me there because whenever anyone is about to lose, I'm just I'm assuming that some new weird random power or use of their power is gonna happen and then the show's gonna take five minutes to explain it to me. That's yeah. kind of what I was starting to get a bit bored of with the manga was like none of the fights ever felt very exciting because I, I had there was never any opportunity or time to like wonder how they were going to get out of this scenario or what kind of trick are they going to pull because yeah. there's always something just completely beyond anything I could have ever even thought of yeah yeah and that's pretty consistent I feel like across every season of Jojo um, and it's still present from what I've watched so far in this one and um, what makes this Jojo entry different than the previous ones is that most of the cast is female including the lead protagonist so the, who you see on screen here that's jolene the daughter of jotaro who you know like grew up and became a marine biologist or something naturally um and he wasn't around much when she was a kid and she kind of started getting into a delinquent-esque lifestyle hooked up with a bad boyfriend ends up being framed for a a hit and run that was orchestrated to get her in jail in the first place because of who her dad is. And now she's trying to get out. So she's in this women's prison in Florida of all places. And, um, you know, when it's Florida, <laughs> it's uh, uh, unique. Similar um, to the United States. Florida's kind to, of like the U.S. Yeah, uh, similar to the United States. Uh, this prison is based on the concept of freedom and equality. <laughs> which I just... Sorry, it's like dark humor for me. Um, I don't know if it was intentional at the time. It's also ex like just amusing to me that there's a prison guard who talks through a puppet. Like, that's just- This is the kind stuff of about Georgia's I like. I like all this right. stuff. The camp, this stuff is right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the camp, it's all about camp and there's, you know, plenty of style all over the place. Like this is a look. This is just like powerful look. Yeah. Um, I would like to imitate it at some point. Like bodysuits are back in. You can get them at like Kohl's and Target. Just pick one up, get some camo like jogger pants and then get a giant butterfly brooch and put it right there. Do some, you know, gem style makeup and hair. Okay. Get yourself a Jolene cosplay. Yeah. So Jolene's just very cool. Still very much like her dad. Kind of hot tempered. Um, means well. And she gets a power which is called uh, Stone Free, but if, you know, if it, you're watching the subtitles, they change it to Stone Ocean for a lot of the same reasons that Stan's names are always changed because they're a reference to a popular song or a musical artist and, you know, no one wants to get uh, sued. So, uh, yeah, so far, like, all the characters are really wacky in the same way that you would kind of expect. Uh, the first sort of enemy that Jolene runs into is a lady named Gwess, which is just a version a real of name. a totally real normal name, Guess. Uh, it's a reference to Guess, like the clothing brand. A bunch of the characters are named after clothing I brands. Think it was something like that, you know. Yeah, yeah, and she's you know she has the power to shrink people, and she sticks Jolene inside of a rat carcass. You know, just just normal Great. JoJo, jo normal JoJo stuff. So as of episode five, like we kind of get the inkling that like. There's a weird kid living inside the prison. You know, stands are starting to run amok inside there. And uh, Jotaro actually gets his soul stolen in the form of compact discs by someone else's stand. And so Jolene is trying to get them back because he's 
basically dead until then. So that's kind of the big hook so far. We do see this other stand who, um, but as of where I'm at, don't know what it is or who it belongs to. But the design looks really good. It's got like this weird sort of crown. It looks like a ring wraith. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like a ring wraith from uh, Lord of the Rings a lot. Um, so, yeah, don't, you can never guess what's going to happen in this show. That's what makes yeah. it entertaining. Like, like you were saying, like in some ways it, it sucks because it feels like you can never really get a grip of on what someone's powers fully are. Like they can always sort of write themselves out of a corner um, by inventing something. But it also means like you never know what's going to happen. You might get turned into a bunch of goo or it's all a dream or there's a. <laughs> and it's also very homoerotic. Um, oh, that's yeah. not unique for JoJo's either. But like they introduce a male character in this um, name. uh John Gallier, where A is like um, separate from the rest of the name, and it's you know like the last name initial. Also, it's from a um, fashion designer, John Galliano. But okay, so John Gallier, really and they introduce really him like ass first. I have a picture somewhere, but his first introduction <laughs> is him in the showers. And that guy, there, there is. I'm no... pretty sure every character in the show gets introduced ass first, though. I think that's that's, that's, that's just possible. Like for the that's course. that's totally possible. It's just that. Um, he has an ass like a dump truck, which is not something I'm used to seeing in like shonen manga adaptations. I've seen some pretty sad looking dude butts. I've seen some competent dude butts. This guy is like, it's like a perfectly risen like loaf. It's like big and like. Jojo's has always been a, a haven for those with an appreciation for the male physique. That's for sure. That's so, true. That's yeah. true. So even if they change all the cast to, cast to women, they're still going to figure out how to give you like one really juicy man butt in there. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, maybe there'll be more. So maybe if you're, you know, I also feel that, at least at this point, if you haven't watched all the previous seasons, if you didn't watch, you know, uh, Battle Tendency, Phantom Blood, or Phantom Blood, Battle Tendency, Golden Wind, you know, all the other ones, at least at this point, it feels like you could kind of jump in here. Yeah. Like... There's some elements from the previous seasons, like the reason Jolene gets a stand is because her dad smuggles her in a piece of the arrow that's used to give people stands. And that's been kind of like a reoccurring thing across multiple seasons. But um, it's it's explained within the show like quickly enough that it doesn't feel like you need all of that history. Like you don't need to know, at least at this point, that Jotaro went all the way to Egypt to fight Dio. Like he also explains like, yeah, I killed Dio and... People who like Dio are really pissed off about it. Yeah, that's all you really I'm not going to lie. I wouldn't have really questioned it if they'd never explained why she suddenly <laughs> got that magical murderous string finger power. Like, I would have been yeah. like, all right, okay. That's just the thing she has now. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, it's that's kind of I mean, how stands were introduced when I was reading, uh, when, I, when I was reading, um, was it Stardust Crusaders? When it's like, oh yeah, we have stands now. So that's the new power. Um, just yeah. go with it. And now everyone has one. And I was like, yeah. all right. Yeah, I feel like the arrow was kind of introduced like as an explanation later into that season. And then it appeared again in Diamond is Unbreakable as sort of a, like a, a big deal. So it shows up again in this. But uh, yeah, you know, like Dio, he goes all the way back to the very first season when he becomes a vampire. And now he's like an undead Robot vampire boy. with a stand. But yeah, but yeah. So yeah, check this out. It's all on Netflix first 12 episodes. Um, It's not the full show. 
I think it's going to be multi multiple core. There's never been a JoJo's. It's only been like 12 episodes. So we've got the first 12 now and we might, I think we're getting 12 more ish um, several months from now. So yeah. I will say that really the, opening, the opening kicked ass. I did get to oh, play yeah. the opening is really, really good. good. And they got Duffy to do the ending this time around. I hope that's not too much of a spoiler at this point. The show's been on Netflix for almost a week. So I'm not going to feel bad about telling you that Duffy sings the ending theme on that. But yeah, so that's JoJo's uh, Florida sh shenanig prison shenanigans. Um, what I do want to get to now is hey, hey, Demon Slayer the, the Entertainment District on. arc, which feels like a all ages way yeah. of not admitting that this takes place in Kabuki Cho, which is more like the red light district. I know. I was a little. I was honestly a little mad when I when I realized that they were going specifically to the red light district because yeah. um, that's oh, the red light district arc is a much better name than the entertainment district arc. That makes it sound like they're all going to the opera. And uh, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I would think like the opera, or I mean, like casinos, maybe something something fun. Well, yeah, and I mean, I'm sure there's gambling but, in the red yeah. red light district of Kabuki Cho, but. More importantly, there's brothels. And so many. That's, there's so many brothels. Um, at least there was then. I don't, you know, and I'm there might be equivalents of sorts now. I, I didn't I mean if Yakuza, if the Yakuza video games are um, are the factual documentaries that I believe them to be, uh, uh -huh. the answer is absolutely yes. <laughs> what now I know some of those games take place in like the eighties, but do they any of them one of them does? Oh, okay. Yeah, one of them. Uh, the Yakuza Zero takes place in the '80s because it's a prequel, and then mm -hmm. starting from um, the first one, uh, it was at the time contemporary, but you know now it takes place in like '03, I think, and then okay. they they just kind of go forward. And, and I want to say Like a Dragon takes place like now, pretty much, if not maybe. So like the a suits just don't really change, though. Like I, every time I see the character models, I'm like, that looks like a suit from like Miami Vice. But well, you, you yeah. got to look good if you're doing crimes, so. <laughs> If you're a respectable criminal, yeah. So, yeah, um, this takes place in Kabuki Cho. And the first episode, James, um, you, your review for that went up today on Anime News Network. But why, yeah, yeah. Don't, you, why, don't, why don't you talk to us about it and I'll chime in. Yeah, so um, uh, we have officially kind of ended the Mugen train arc. Um, Hyojiro Rengoku is super dead on account yeah. of that um, upper third Akasa Asaka? I think it's Akasa. 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 So Akasa yeah. killed Kyojiro um, kind of randomly uh, out of nowhere. And mm -hmm. we pick up. He was movie. in the neighborhood. Literally. Yes. <laughs> literally, <laughs> that's the explanation is. Yeah. It's like, I, I sent you there because you just happened to be around. It's like, well, okay. yeah, it was convenient to know, I guess. Um, but yeah, so everyone is sad. Um, I don't know if you can tell, but I labeled the picture ha 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 because. Zenitsu's tears are delicious and uh, nourishing, but you have, um, no, you have no space in your heart for that guy, do you? No, no, I, I hate everything about him, but that's fine. He doesn't need to appeal to me. He's yeah. the most popular character according to the polls. So I, I just don't uh, really. I, I that's what I've been told. Yeah, he's he's consistently like the most popular one, which is um, I'm shocked. Like I don't. I assumed he's not. You know hated necessarily but i didn't think he would like unseat tanjiro and um nezuko even with her like strong moe appeal and i don't know i don't know i'm apparently not in touch with today's youth 
Hey, so. me neither, apparently. But um, our boar boy is sad, and that's not okay. And they're sad because no. Rendoku is dead. And uh, we also see little tiny uh, uh, Kazan. Uh, that's No, Muzan, sorry. Kazan. Muzan, okay, Muzan. yeah. Little tiny Muzan, who um, I want to say this is the first time it's ever been revealed that when he's not walking around looking like the the weirdest Michael Jackson impersonator Okay. Old Tokyo. Thank you for like elaborating on that because I was watching this the whole thing and I was like, is this a flashback to when he was a child? I kept thinking. No, like, I guess he just. He's living a dual life as like yeah, he, he has his own boy. child. I guess. He's I don't like know married, if... right? With his own kid. I thought. Yeah. Like he's a daddy. Yeah. But um, but he's also a boy. He's also a small boy. Okay. Um, and he's set to inherit like some ph pharmaceutical company from some yeah. unsuspecting. Who people who think he's like an orphan? I think he's an orphan. like they think he's like a brilliant super genius orphan. They just love the heck out of this kid. Um, I gotta say it is hilarious that um, oh, I I made a note of his name because I I always try to give the voice actors credit. But it's, part of uh, the uh, file name is like hidden behind our graphics. Does that say butt? It says uh, poopy butt. Poopy butt. Okay. Oh yeah, I can't, can't I can't shift it over. But yeah, because that's his <laughs> poopy butt face. Okay. It's, uh, but no, it's um. <laughs> So it's still, um, oh my gosh. Uh, oh yeah, it's still Toshihiko uh, Seki, the voice actor who voices him. Oh, normally. okay. Um, so yeah. his voice is just coming out of that guy's, uh, oh, his voice is just coming out of that guy's head. Um, yeah. And so it's kind of, I don't know if it's supposed to be funny. I find it very amusing. Um, yeah. That he, he has like this grown, like baritone voice, um, but this tiny child body. But uh, he's mad because... Um, Asaka did not kill all of the Demon Slayers. He just killed Rengoku. And by the way, did you know that Rengoku's dead? I forgot. But the show really does not let you forget, which is good, because I might have forgotten. Um, but he is dead. Uh, but don't worry, because we get to meet the, the next best thing, his drunk dad. His drunk dad sucks so much. Oh, he's, yeah. Um, if you didn't know he was a drunk dad, don't worry. He spends the entire episode stumbling around with a bottle of booze in his hand and beating his child. So, you know. Maybe it's just because I just came off a season of My Hero Academia, which was full of shitty dads who beat kids. But so when they when this guy walked out, like I already knew he was crappy because he did have a part in the movie and he was crappy. Yeah, and that, that and all of Rengoku's, yeah. yeah, and Rengoku's flashbacks, he just seemed like a sullen piece of shit who was hung up on like his own failures and so he was mean to his children or something. And I was like, oh, this guy sucks, whatever. And I thought it was really touching, actually, because, you know, in that flashback, Rengoku tells his little brother, like, you don't have to take on this burden. You can do whatever you want to do. I'm going to be the Hashira so you can, you know, like, follow what you actually want. And I always thought that was, you know, quite a few points for, like, winning me over on Rengoku being a, a good guy. But, yeah, his dad sucks. And we spend, like, the first third or so of this double length episode um yeah Tanji yeah, like headbutts him he's like recovering from a stomach wound and this guy's like a former hashira and just like he does that awkward off. thing where like he, he starts um trying to physically overpower and beat this teenage boy granted a, a, a ripped teenage boy but still um, yeah we do see his like eight pack later so we yeah. know all them boys are ripped yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, but the reason that <clears throat> the reason that Tanjiro is here is because uh, not only does he want to deliver the sad news that um, again I, I don't know if you heard but Rengoku died and so he <laughs> needs to tell uh, 
the brother and the father of the bad news. But also, as he was dying, um, Rengoku, one of his final words of wisdom for his, uh, his young student was that um, my dad has a book that probably has some secrets about your fire technique that um, you should learn in order to get stronger. And so, because he's because um, it's the sun hashira, which, by the way, is not the same as the flame hashira. It's superior, and the dad has like a big hang up about it or something. Yeah, like, it becomes I don't know, like a sun hashira, like like yeah. fucked his wife or something, and he's never. But it's recovered. like you know that all the other like that all the flame hashiras are merely poor copies of the sun hashira, and you're just trying to rub it in my face, you dirtbag boy. And of course, and like no, your son's dead, and I just wanted to tell you. I'm, yeah, what? but um, he gets the notebook from um. Oh, he has a similar name to Ta Senjuro. Senju yeah, Senjuro. Uh, from Senjuro, and um, so people seem to think I I hate this show, and I don't. I want to make that perfectly clear. I think Demon Slayer is pretty good, but some of the things it does do irk me a bit because this is a forty-five minute episode. And we have this, like you said, like a 20 minute long scene, almost like 15 minutes where he's like having this awkward and not super productive encounter with um, his dead friend's drunk dad. And then he gets this notebook that, ha that has like the secrets of the Sun Hashira or whatever. And he opens it up and he goes, <gasps> and then the show cuts to commercial. And thankfully, being that this is 2021 and I'm watching this on Crunchyroll, I don't actually have to sit through the five minutes of commercials. But yeah. when it cuts back from commercial, he's going, oh, and then it, it shows you that, oh, in like a, a drunken rage, the dad like tore up the notebook. So they can't. I mean, he definitely did it on purpose too. He's like, no one's going to get this son Hashira knowledge if I have anything to do with it. Fuck you. And just tore it up. Or yeah, something. but it's just like, that's so this like, was fruitless. We're going gonna spend a whole minute drawing out this thing and the uh, the basic conclusion is is Tanjiro going well I guess I'll just keep training and then their brother's like you do that buddy maybe you come rescue me from this horrible abusive household someday and Tanjiro is like maybe and then he leaves um I was maybe like, Sanjiro, please, like, into that. run away like go to like run away to like cooking school or something and become a yeah. chef or and just like never talk to I mean and they try to do a little redemption thing which is again Gave me like My Hero Academia season five flashback where Sendro finally delivers his brother's dying words to his drunk dad. And, he, and all they were was, please take care of yourself. And then he closes the door and then the dad sobs alone. Oh, boo, frickity who? I, I, like, well, God, no, great. No, your no. son's dad or your son's dead now. I'm sure you did a lot to foster a meaningful, loving relationship with him while you had the opportunity, right? No. No. Because we've no. seen the flashbacks, you idiot. You yeah. did this to yourself. Prime me a rad.mp3, okay? That's all I have to say about that. But um, thankfully, the show doesn't actually linger on that too much longer either because after that, it's jokes for a while. Yeah. Um, the the, the show has really back. good faces. Really? It does. I will give it that. I don't good find most of its jokes to be very funny. Right. But I do really appreciate the faces. The faces yeah. are consistently fun to look at i also um, don't usually find the jokes very funny but then they'll do a face on the screen and i'll think i would screen cap that and use that as a reaction image later oh, that's yeah. sort of my reaction to a lot of the show yep. that's that's a good reaction face i could use that for uh, here's memes. some buff boys um boys so being buff. Abs, i don't know why okay you know skay looks fine i don't know what it is about um 
Tanjiro and Zenitsu here. Oh, they look like they're they riding out in the back in, in the back room before practice. I don't even know if those really look like abs to me. They kind of look more like uh, <laughs> like, Hulk, like Hulk hands. Oh, like testicles oh, on their tummy that are gonna like bounce around as they run. Oh, no, I don't know if it's the shading or the just, shade just clacking around left and right. Like, yeah, they don't look attached to the abdominum there. They look like they might be flappy and just kind of flap around. I just thought it looked like Tanjiro's head got photoshopped onto it, like an adult man's body. Um. It did. It did. That's when he sent, like, that's his profile picture on, like, Grinder or something. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, photoshopped. Yeah. Yeah. And then he has to explain why he's having these small children sit on top of him. Um. The opening to that scene was a little much, too, because it started, like, with just showing the girls kind of going up and down and, like, yeah. and then it showed you they were on their backs. I was like, I don't think that what was are we doing, to be sexual, guys. Maybe yeah. I'm just ruined. I don't know. Um, but speaking of good faces, I will say that finally, um, after all the jokey jokes and the um, the kind of weird scene, I don't, I don't even think I mentioned it in my review, but there's this weird bit where Tanjiro goes, oh yeah, and then four months passed, and now Zenitsu is less of a coward, kind of. Um, I know, and I like clapped. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess. Um, I felt like that was the narrative telling us we promise he'll be less annoying. We've heard you maybe. Oh, you know what? Scream less. That's what if, I'm. If that's true, I'm going to go back and retroactively give this episode a full star, just for that, <laughs> because you'll have okay. to wait for like the arc to end and then go back and like do an addendum, editor's note. We've yeah. right. I mean, yeah. the fact that Zenitsu literally did nothing during the entire hired the Mugen Trend art. Like, not one thing did he accomplish. Mm-hmm. Right. And that kind of made me feel like, A, the show knows what it's doing, but B, it doesn't care that much and it's just going to never bother. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, if that really is the show promising to be better or at least less with Zenitsu, then okay. It's like their version of uh, Zenitsu character growth is a skip forward and a narration telling you he's not a coward anymore. Yeah. It's like that. Yeah. It's like when Riker grew a beard in Star Trek, except Zenitsu comes in with like this bushy beard and he's like all cool. And like, I've matured. Can't you tell? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he was less obnoxious than usual during, like, he only has like one big scene where he's kind of like, he eh. was less obnoxious because he, and it wasn't that bad because he didn't scream. Yeah. He didn't scream while he was doing it. He sounded a yeah. little worried or unsure or, you know, nervous but he wasn't obnoxious. I can handle that. I can handle him being like a little bit like Scooby-Doo or, or whatever. This about... kid needs to get himself a Scooby snack is what he needs. I've been watching yeah. a lot of Scooby-Doo while I've really? been cooped up at home. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and... Which, which series, James? Uh, we, we, uh, we, um, we, ju- we just got through binging the, the one season of the 13 ghosts of Scooby-Doo. Yes. And, okay. um, hell yeah. I know. Right. And then now uh, yeah, we watched yeah. the kind of, they made a, a movie like a couple years ago as like a long-awaited conclusion to the 13 Ghosts. Oh, I didn't know that. They couldn't get Vincent Price for it though, unfortunately. No, no, but they got um they got what's his name? Uh oh my gosh. Is it Maurice LaMarche? No, they they, oh. they got he does um he always does uh freaking Orson Welles whenever there's like an Orson Welles. He does brain sports. Uh. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maurice, uh, yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Anyway, Scooby-Doo aside. But yes, Zenitsu needs a Scooby snack. Uh, But speaking of Scooby-Doo, 
or at the very least, speaking of wacky cartoon shenanigans, I will say the one joke that made me laugh like out loud was when Tanjiro walks in on this uh, yeah. scene here, where um, the titular Sound Hashira is um, basically kidnapping Aoi, um, yeah. presumably to like set her up as a fake prostitute in the red light district. It yes. wasn't specified, but I mean, he was he was specifically looking for female members of the core to like oh, steer yeah. it away. Oh, yeah. We know from later scenes that like the boys are all going to be in drag for like a lot of this arc. So yeah, he was definitely trying right. to get female demon yeah. uh, core members to uh, pose as employees yeah. in the red light district. Yeah, right. without explaining any of it to them. No, he's yeah, he's just going to kidnap them. Um, and and Tanjiro's reaction is like, wait, <laughs> am I supposed to take this seriously? Or, or I appreciated that. That was funny. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't good. get a picture of it actually, but my favorite moment of the episode is yeah. um was uh definitely when um oh gosh, I just one sec, I have my notes. I I'm not good with the names, but uh uh Kanao. Kanao? Who's uh Kanao? The 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 butterfly girl that doesn't talk. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh Kano. Kano, yeah, Kano. Maybe how you would say it. Yeah, yeah. Um but the little the moment she had where you know she got the the sound Hashira came in and said, I'm going to kidnap uh, your sister and I'm going to uh, turn her into a fake prostitute for this scheme. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, she was kind of frozen with like fear and with like trying to figure out whether she can disobey orders to protect her loved ones. And she's going to yeah. do that thing where she flips a coin, but then she remembers back on her time with Tanjiro and she says, no, screw it. I don't want this dude to kidnap Aoi. And he, yeah. she ineffectually tries to stop him, but I thought that was a nice little character moment. I like stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So the sound Hashira, I think you said his name's Usui. U-S-U-I, I think mm, is how it's said. It is Tengen Uzui, yeah. Uz is it Uzui. with an S or Uzui? Okay, yeah. so um, he's a piece of shit, but he's the kind of piece of shit that is entertaining, at least. Um, I like, mean, I figured that much, what with the kidnapping children in order to... You know. Yeah, and not explaining any of his motivations and just kind of doing whatever he wanted. But he seems like he's going to be fun. Um, there was like this really long post-credit like uh, omake scene that was yeah. actually pretty good, where it seemed like he's like he was making fun of Zenitsu and Inosuke and stuff. But uh, yeah, so it seems the idea is like they're going to go get demons in the red light district. He's going to be kind of their mentor for it. Um, he's a former shinobi. Um, one thing that really stood out to me, this is a, like a technical thing, not a plot wise thing, is that uh, I was not super impressed actually with the translation subtitles on this, um, as far as like how he talks. Like apparently he uses a particular adjective quite a lot, which they've decided to translate as flashy, which I also that, maybe I they're, noticed maybe that, they're also trying I, to pick vocabulary that is like fits yeah. within that certain time period as well. And flashy might have been a more uh, like used adjective in the well, there, turn there of the century. There were a few lines this week that I thought were just a little clunky overall. And yeah, so... yeah, it was just kind of clunky because whenever he wanted to say something wasn't flashy, he would just say like unflashy. Yeah, like no one says that. Like that's that just doesn't sound like natural language. Yeah. Like um, gauche was one that I was thinking of, um, or blase. loud, or yeah, blase or dull. I would consider dull to yeah. be the opposite of flashy. So it would have made more sense for him to call them dull or boring or something, um, or plain. A whole bunch, just yeah, flashless is what flashless, someone else yeah. said. I was like, 
And I was, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, there was, I, I hope that kind of gets worked out or naturalized a little more just because it wasn't really a smooth, like dialogue read for a lot of um, those interactions there. And I think it kind of took away from some of the, like, cause it was supposed to be funny and a lot of that will translate better if you've got. Um, I mean, a lot of Demon just, Slayer is supposed to be funny, but um, it's true. not. So. That's true. But I do like him. I do like his like general design. Yeah. He's also really buff. Um, he's got like rocks in his dreads. Yeah, rocks yeah. I, I, I his, his whole like fashion sense I thought was interesting. I like yeah. it more than the you know the whole flame decal thing that Rengoku had not to speak. Yeah, that, yeah. But um, yeah, I thought his look is pretty interesting. Based on a news article that went up on Anime News Network, they just announced like more voice actors for this arc. I think he has multiple wives. I saw that. Which, which surprises <laughs> me exactly zero as far as like character type goes. Like, yeah, that's a guy who definitely has multiple wives. And me being how I am, I was like, oh, was that a thing during that time period in Japan? I need to go do a history search and figure out like when polygamy stopped being a thing um because i think it wasn't that long after that it doesn't exist there now so no. yeah um but yeah i'm actually really looking forward to the next arc and most of that is based on uh Uzui, and then um all of the little scenes we saw towards the end of this episode as well as the op like it looks like there's a really cool female like kind of female demon that's going to be coming up um of course you call him Michael, like Michael Jackson impersonator, which is like kind of calling me out because I think he's sort of hot in his adult form, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, yeah, is going to be coming back. Um, but yeah, the demons that look like they're coming out look to be cool. The boys are going to be dressed in drag and that might be funny um, for a yep. while. I think Inosuke without his pig head, though, I think he makes a pretty convincing, you know, pretty... I mean, that joke writes itself. If they don't run with that, then they're, I mean, that's the most obvious one, but it's also perfect. I mean, he's, yeah. he's a beautiful, beautiful person. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. is the joke. I mean, they showed so. Zenitsu in, like, as a girl, and he kind of gave me, like, Cloud Strife vibes from when Cloud cross-dresses, where it's just sort of, like, um, not convincing at all to the point of being, like, ridiculous. But, yeah. Okay, I'm thinking so, of how, the remake, and it's, uh, I mean, I don't know, like, did they, I, did they update it a little bit? He still has those oh. braids, though, oh, man. you know? It, it becomes like a whole... It's like a musical number. Um, oh, wow. It is delightful. They go I need to play it. super play camp. It it's amazing. Oh, good. Good. That was what that whole like part was. And was Aerith is just about. like literally having like a little stroke in the corner from how it turned on. It's like she's literally panting at one point. Oh, really? <laughs> she's literally like... It's... um Yeah. So... They know who their audience development is. There, little inside look at, at some things that weren't spelled out before. Uh, but yeah, so how are you? How are you feeling going into this new arc after Mugen Train kind of left you cold? I mean, I am. I I think I've kind of learned that. For me, Demon Slayer is an anime that's actually. It sounds insulting, but it's kind of less than the sum of its parts. Or maybe I should I should say I enjoy Demon Slayer more in its individual storylines than I do as like a cohesive, like overarching story. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't think anything in Mugen Train topped the, um, the spider clan arc, which I thought was pretty incredible. Yeah. I, I feel like most people would, you know, kind of felt that way. Um, I'm, I, I'm interested in the change of scenery mm -hmm. and I think 
as long as, like you said, as long as it has like cool demons, I think for me, the biggest letdown of Mugen Train was that the villain ended up being, I, I thought, kind of a waste of time. Um, the train villain or Akasa? The train villain. Well, I mean, for me, oh, Akasa okay. was, you know, he barely got any time to do his thing, but the, the train yeah. villain, like, I don't need every single demon in the story to have like a, uh, like a, a, a profound and empathetic and, you know, I don't need every flashback to become a sob story or anything, but um, the fact that it was just, oh no, I've been defeated and that sucks was like the the kind of the sum totality of his whole like reaction to the the fight with uh, Tanjiro. I just didn't really care about him in the same way that I cared about pretty much all of the other demons that we've met so far. I mean, some ways. Yeah, they form. had some really interesting demons up to that point. I mean, like even one of the, the drums. Uh, Yes, that was what I was going to say. Like the one with the yeah. drums, I felt was really innovative just in like how they used his power to like mm -hmm. make the room shift and it made for a really cool fight choreography. Um, Mook and Train was something that like I, I saw it in theaters. It was good. Like it felt like something that would have been better seen at a con with an enthusiastic group of people, of course. Like that oh, sure. hype always sort of like kind of bleeds into your reaction, I think. But um, instead, I saw it, you know, in a pretty much empty theater. And I enjoyed it, but it, it was, I also didn't really understand yeah. like the huge worldwide reaction to it, but people like what they like, you know, more power yeah. to you. This is your thing. It you know, my things, but yeah, no, it wasn't, it wasn't terrible by any means, but it did to me when I saw it felt very much like um, it was maybe too tied to following the manga script. So it felt episodic when I watched it in movie form. And then, you know, what you've said is that like watching it in episodic form was also like too long. So yeah. 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 You, I don't, don't, so don't I don't watch, know. don't watch movie train over the course of like three months. I definitely don't recommend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to uh, move on now to ranking of Kings, which uh, we haven't talked about for two weeks. We don't have a ton of time, so I'm probably not going to like try and recap everything because this show has so many twists and turns um, every single week that you skip a week and like it takes forever to get you caught up even on it. Yeah. But um, so the most recent episode was Bose's backstory. We got to see the demon again, and Bose is now fully in control of Dida's body. Um, and we also found out how he got so strong, which was sacrificing Boji's potential power, to, not to the demon necessarily, but the demon basically transferred that power to both. So basically yeah. he just like sapped resources from the future generation for his own, which we could make an entire political point about, I think, if we wanted to. Um, easily. easily. But yeah, I guess what I want to know is like, the show always changes up like how you feel about characters in particular. Like you think you've got one kind of figured out and then it like does something. You have to reevaluate. Like I was very pro Bose. I thought he was maybe a good dad. It seemed like he had a lot of uh, faith in his son's <laughs> abilities on his deathbed. And he still wanted him to be king, even though he was weak and everything. And I was like, oh, okay. And then he died, you know, and a demon came out of him. I'm like, okay, that's weird. And then we didn't hear anything for like a month. And now we come to find out the boast is kind of uh, where I'm standing until, you know, inevitably my opinion changes yet again. Guy, the guy is a freaking sociopath. Like, I don't know, kind of well, up there for maybe worse dad. And we keep talking about d bad dads on this podcast. But I don't know. 
they just keep coming and boss is another another one at least until i don't know they change my mind again but yeah i mean he still died his body which is an objectively and i can't believe i'm saying this a terrible thing to do to dida uh (laughs) who is actually just trying his best in a role that demands a lot of cruelty and, and malice and um it turns out uh He's actually not a killer. Um, I mean, he did order his brother to be killed. That was confirmed. But yeah, he's not the kind of, he's not like, he's not a monster. Or at the very least, he's trying to be a monster because that's what the position of this kind of political role in this kind of world can sometimes demand. Or at least he's been, you know, he believes that's what it demands is cruelty yeah. and, and, and whatnot. But, um, to an advisor that he feels knows what they're talking about they just happen to be maybe an evil woman in a mirror but yeah but um but we also got that moment because i agree with you you know both sucks but and again this freaking show and it being so good it has that yeah. moment where when when both sees the consequence of of stealing boju's strength and sees how frail and small he is he like he runs out and he, he smashes that boulder and he immediately says, I'm going to start a kingdom here and I'm going to devote my entire life to giving you a world in which you want for nothing. Right. Um, exactly. And I felt like there was like an unspoken part of that scene where he's like, I'm going to give you everything. And the part that he wasn't saying was because I took everything from you. Yeah. So it's definitely like, Yes, very much out of guilt. But then he's like agreed to this new Dida scenario. So did he learn anything? No. I mean, when he finds out that now, I guess, according to the mirror, Boji is the strongest person in the world. I'm excited to find out. He just like laughs and he just goes, of course. Of course, it's of course that's it. And it's like, what's going on in this show? Stop. Yeah, I'm also confused about it because like his. He, he doesn't get jealous or feel like he needs to like overcome Boji now. So it seems like like everything he's doing may not be just a power move. Like it, maybe he didn't possess Dida specifically because he wanted a longer reign on the throne and then had Boji like exiled so that he could claim the throne, which is what I thought initially. Now I'm starting to wonder like, is there an even more convoluted like plot going on here where he's ensuring that Boji can get on the throne and the only way to do that is to possess Dida in some way I don't know it's just like like I feel like there has to be right like he he obviously yeah. I, I feel like because he even said when when he was first um you know uh propositioning the demon you know he said I, I didn't even plan on living that long and obviously maybe his like desires and stuff changed but it didn't mm-hmm. seem like immortality was something he was keen on like that wasn't right. really his goal right. um and yet Dida's trapped in like the the mind void not yeah. dead and again i'm like, just wandering around in the darkness of his own brain like I'm not in possession of Dida? like yep. stop it they did it yeah. they did it i can't I was keep... like from Adam, like, 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 oh, Dida could her. definitely, Dida could definitely like come out of this looking good. Dida could, but you know, I, I, I still don't feel one tiny bit bad for Domas. No, that's the Domas. one one where I was like, I don't really no. care, Domas. No, no, they, they kind of tried to give him a little bit of a redemption in this episode, where like, you know, he is gonna flee because I don't know why this didn't occur to him like before he tossed Boji into hell. But he's like, hmm, actually, you know, I probably can't go home. They're going to kill me. I'm like, yeah, they were always going to kill you. You think you're going to be able to tell Boji's stepmom, Queen uh, Hilling, that you 
lost him and she was going to be like okay with that or something like there was no scenario where you were going to get to go back and that's also like why that confused me is because it seemed like you know Dida promised him something you know you could be my right hand man I felt like it was implied that Dida was like you do this for me and you're gonna like shoot up socially within the ranks or whatever and I was like no you're not you're never gonna get to come back there's no way that you're gonna be excused for losing him even if they don't find out that you killed him so he realizes that now with only one hand and is like, I'm going to run. And Hokuro, don't you don't you tell anyone because they'll just kill you, too. But Hokuro, who's a decent human being, is like, no, I might die. But like. People deserve to know what happened to Boji, you idiot. And so they try to give like Domas a like redemption by having him save Hokuro from being killed. And then Bols is like. Hey guys, go clear the monsters out underneath the castle. I don't really know what his motivation for that is either, because I'm assuming he means the area where all that frozen stuff is at. Yeah, I think so. Or at least the some like connecting area. And I think he whispered it. Like maybe he didn't want the mirror to know because her body's down there. Well, yeah, and they called attention too when when Apis is like holding Miranji or Miranji. Manjo. The mirror. Yeah. uh, To like look down. They make a point to be like, I wonder what he's saying. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think it's clear that that um, and Nick is saying in the chat too that that at least it at least seems like he's not going along with whatever sketchy stuff the mirror. Um, right, because the mirror also wants him to kill the queen, too, and he yeah. just seemed kind of ambivalent. Like, oh yeah, I promised you I'd do that, but not ambivalent enough. Why. <laughs> and then she brings out those creepy like dog demon monsters is like oh are you going to use those to kill the queen i'm like what are they going to do pull her limb from limb like what what are we put it past the show i know and then he you know kind of shows that he can defeat one in the body he currently has but he kind of plays it off like he was just like warming up because he's out of practice or something but yeah so i don't know if maybe bose is also planning to betray the mirror then and so I'd, he's I'd been playing like a long con against the mirror at this point to get himself revived just so he can like end her once and for all, maybe. I don't know. It's show, man. Like, I don't know. There's a lot. Yeah. But Boji broke a boulder. Boji did break a boulder. He uh, finally met someone who was willing to take the time to figure out what he could do, even if it seemed like he couldn't thrash about with a sword. Um, I liked the the little family dynamic they did here with this between Boji oh, yeah. and um, oh gosh, this guy's name's Despa. Like Despa, yeah, because his brother is Durspa. Wait, I, I think they I have, have really right here. They have they similar do. names. Uh, like his the brother same. is Desha. That's Desha. the king of the underworld with the the big grin. Yeah. and then Despa is the uh, the the poofy pants boy. Yeah, poofy pants prince. Poofy, likes, poofy. <laughs> yeah, he likes to get into bar fights and. Um, is pretty pretty good at tooting his own horn quite a lot i i like that dynamic it, it told us kind of a lot about the brothers because see like everyone's convinced that desha is jealous of his like of his brother's good looks and everything because desha looks like waluigi and you know has always looked that way unfortunately uh, <laughs> he does look like waluigi he does look like but he you know became very very powerful regardless yeah. um to compensate maybe but he still kind of got a antagonistic streak towards his brother here and his brother's like oh he's jealous because i've always been good looking and he looks like that 
and also I'm amazing. And also how much money are you going to give me? And he like does all of that bit. And you're like, maybe he doesn't like you because you're kind of insufferable actually. Like it doesn't mean he's not skilled because he is, he's able to train Boji. Um, but he's a but, dingus. Yes. But yeah, he's great like, not someone I would want to get like cornered talking to at a party. You'd be like, oh God. Also, his reaction to eating when we when we when we learned that um Boji's cooking isn't isn't terrible because he's a bad cook, but because giants have like indestructible stomachs and so they can make sense really yeah. anything. And he yeah. just looks in Kage's eyes and he's like, We cannot ever let him cook for us. Our lives depend on this. <laughs> that was... poison us on accident and yeah. there's nothing. Yeah, yeah, that was really good. They did a really great like spit take animation. Um, I retweeted it on Twitter. Um, just like, oh, I think my toddler is playing with a vacuum. Sorry, everybody. Um, yeah, there's just like a scene, like that whole scene where they try his food for the first time is hilarious. Yes. And part of it is like Boji's uh, body language because he's so proud of for what he cooked. He pulls out the chair and he's like, ah, you know, with his hands out and everything. You, it's just very reminiscent of a, of a small child who thinks they've done a really, really good job. And then he eats it and they're like, oh, maybe it just smells and looks awful and has, you know, whole eggs in it and whole carrots in it. But he's eating it and it looks great. And then they like slow-mo it as they eat it. And it's like, ah, ah, yeah. ah, from like three different angles. And they just like fall apart. Also, great. I don't know if you got a picture of uh, Boji's mom, but I, I, did. Do, I did really appreciate how she just looks like a big buff lady Boji. Like you can yes. absolutely tell that they're related. Like if you just cut this part of the hair off in the back, like pretend that's not there. That's just Boji's head. It's yeah. just Boji's head on a, on a big buff lady body. And I liked her and I feel bad for her because she was totally roped into her marriage and relationship with Bose specifically based on her power abilities. Because once again, Bose is a freaking weirdo. And he intentionally seeks out the strongest woman to have a child with so that he can um, get the most possible power up from his offspring. Yeah, it's not great. At, no. at the very least, at least you like, he didn't seem to be like super duplicitous with how he wooed her. Like he just yeah. came out of the woods and said, yo, you're the strongest lady in the world, right? I want you to bear my children. And she was like, beat me in a fight and I'll do it. And so at, at the very least, like, and again, I think that's what I'm liking is that, yeah, Boji, not Boji Sr., Bose sucks. Yeah. But it's not as simple as, oh, you know, I'm pure evil and I just want power and that's it. Um, like, I, I genuinely believe that he did maybe end up caring about uh, Boji's mother. I think he does, at least I think he would probably tell you that he loves his kids. And then, yeah. And um, I find that a lot more interesting than, again, like just the mean drunk dad who screams and yells and is like super abusive. And then that's it. You know, like, yeah, I just I just think what they're doing with Bose is a lot more interesting. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because you can't you can't quite like cut him evenly one way or the other. Right. Like we, we've we've definitely seen selfishness and guilt and also like nurturing from him at different points in the series so far. And I mean, not everyone who unfortunately like uh, has a negative impact on their children's upbringing does it out of malice or out of like 
complete disregard for them necessarily. Um, he, what's the popular saying, the way to hell is paved with good intentions. Like, yeah. yeah. And we've kind of seen that with a lot of the other characters in their relationship with Boji too. I would argue that Domas thought he was doing what was best for Boji out of pity because he didn't believe that he could, you know, live a full fulfilled life. So best to just, you know, put him out of his misery and throw him into a pit before he, you know, embarrasses himself further, which is like really dark and sad, but I, you know, it says a lot about how some people react to, to disability. And I mean, it's um, good writing, I think. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's good writing. And even, um, you know, Boji's stepmom uh, healing has coddled him and, you know, sort of protected him from mistakes to the best of her ability, or even never let him really, try out his own skills and find his own boundaries because she just thought he would get hurt and wasn't smart enough to, to know his own limitations. So, I mean, and that it's kind of like helicopter parenting. Like you don't even have to, you know, have a kid with special needs or something to end up that way. I've encountered plenty of parents who are like the moment their toddler looks like he's going to like fall over on the playground equipment. And they're just like, <gasps> and yeah. so their kid freaks out and starts crying because their parents freaking out, but they were never in no real immediate danger. And I guess I'll be the one to say it like, you kind of got to let your kids fall down sometimes. You got to let your kids fall down. Yeah. I you agree. have to let them experience like pain in a safe way. You know, how do they learn about their bodies and what they do and how to be careful with them and stuff if they've never, ever been hurt. So, and how, anyway. how do they discover what they're truly capable of if they're never allowed to take risks and challenge themselves? Yeah. So, yeah. So kudos to, to Hilling for at least letting Boji go on this adventure, because even though it kind of got cut short by a, a, a horribly ineffective assassination attempt, yes. um, he's still, I mean, he's become, I guess, the strongest person in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Emotionally, so maybe, or maybe physically i don't know but. physically he's splitting boulders with something we, hopefully we'll find out on thursday exactly what that is um i'm excited to see where the series goes i really actually am almost excited to see him come back and just to sort of like prove everybody wrong who doubted him you know like i feel like that's going to be a really satisfying moment uh when and if it comes i don't think the episode preview for the next episode is out yet um Correct me if I'm wrong in the comments. Um, I'm gonna go search for it as soon as we wrap this up because I, I like, I freaked out when I watched the one for this episode right before it aired too. So yeah, this is still my my top top billing viewing every week. I watch it with my husband, and every time an episode ends, he just like puts his head in his hands and like does this, and I'm like, Matt, what's wrong? He's like, we have to wait a whole nother week. Yeah, I don't think I've been this impressed by a new anime probably since Maiden Abyss dropped. I think oh yeah, this, this is probably. I mean, barring some of the some of the better moments from like the from Attack on Titan that we've enjoyed, but as far yeah. as like a, a complete out of nowhere like masterpiece in the making, yeah, uh, this is must see TV. Yeah, if you haven't tuned in, I mean, I've been yelling about the show everywhere. I yelled about it at our Anime NYC panel. I like asked everyone in the audience, "How many of you are watching Ranking of Kings?" And then what's wrong with you? Why aren't you watching Ranking of Kings? So I'll continue to be like the unofficial ambassador for this show uh, as long as I can. But yeah, Demon Slayer going into that. That looks good. Uh, Attack on Titans actually coming back next month. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll have that here too when that comes back. And man, um, yeah, I'm not sure if there are any other really big ones coming out winter. I didn't look at the list, but there's a lot of good 
lot of good stuff to to tide us through the holidays. Yeah, well, yeah. James, I want to thank you for making it. I hope you continue to feel better. And um, yeah, and I hope the rest of the week treats you well. I want to thank everyone for showing up for the ANN After Show. We're here at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern on Mondays. And if it's your first time here, hey, you know, subscribe to the channel here at Anime News Network so you can make sure you don't miss it next time. And we'll see you then. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.